This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glass Yo, so we got big news for you guys, man. Life is Dope is officially partnered up with New Year's Eve on the rocks. We're going to be out there with Migos, mm. Post Malone, mm. Young Thug, mm. Lil Yachty. Another one. Trevor is coming through. Another one. Dizzy Wright. Another one. Mailman. Hella others, so we ain't going to say another one. Yeah. But y'all got to check it out, man. <laughs> it's definitely going to be the biggest party of the year. We're going to end the year with the bang for real. It's lit right now. What's the problem, dude? Durag and the Gucci Beanie. Yeah, right. You already know it's the BBC from the DTC. <laughs> so that's, how we, that's how we do it. That's how we do it this episode. Hey, I'm great. Just so y'all know, well, I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even gotta ask you how you feel because we already know. Hey, well, what's going on in the world today? Man, it's a lot going on in, in the world. Uh, besides all the sexual allegations, I mean, we could just bring up you could just throw a rock in the air and it's gonna land on a nigga that probably uh sexually <laughs> harass somebody that's a big fact um speaking of that man like i don't even want to do no more predictions because i got a few in mind of some niggas that's gonna get caught up yeah you got stallone in trouble last time i was too accurate about stallone so i don't know if that was a prophecy or if i really just set that nigga up for failure so i don't want to do that to nobody was else. this the uh <laughs> sexual harassment draft pool oh, <laughs> yeah man but uh yeah so i, I feel bad that we don't like, I don't care no more. And that's messed up because, you know, some of these people are really victims. But, like, every week a nigga's getting caught up? I mean, that, I mean that's kind of the problem. Like, ultimately... It's like, damn. It's like hearing another weekend song on the radio. Like, again, nigga. And it's, and it's very... These are very important issues, but then at the same time, it will it ends up desensitizing people. So, mm-hmm. it's, so you know, we're, we're seeing kind of the, the, the backlash of it. Am I talking in the mic? Yeah, you good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shout out to our producer, Julius, over here, making sure we got our levels right. Hell yeah, man. It's... America's fucked up, man. So, like, now we're desensitized on rape and sexual assault and mass shootings and mm. police violence. Yeah, we just like, like hey, damn, we just don't care no more. It's just America now. Like, yo, this is it's Trump's America. Trump's America. Ugh. <laughs> I rebuke that shit. <laughs> what else is going on in the world, man? Uh, let's see. Oh, did you guys see um what 21, uh, 21 Savage said 20. about the, uh, yeah, twenty one twenty. <laughs> About kind of like the OG rappers and OG hip hop, and just make him making that statement about yeah, um, it's pretty woke. You want to uh, quote it verbatim? Man, I'm kind of too tipsy to quote Let me see, it verbatim. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. Talk to him real quick. But um, he he was basically saying if if all of the old hip hop was so good and if all of the new hip hop was so trash, then how come it had all of our parents addicted to crack and and drugs? Which right. he had a point. Well, my mom got pulled up because that was pretty much accurate. Yeah. So he was saying, y'all keep saying old school hip hop so much better than new school hip hop, but y'all got everybody on crack. Yeah. He got a point because I was saying, man, like all these new drug addict rappers, somebody sold them niggas to crack. And if you go back to like the <laughs> '90s and 2000, they was talking about selling drugs a lot. Yo, like 
if you look at like eras of music, they always keep up with like what drugs are popping at the time. So you right. can't fully say like that generation did this because like look at what this generation's doing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just a different drug. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like the eighties and nineties, they was on like crack and cocaine, and this new generation's on like lean and pills Sands. and. Right. I try to tell artists too, like, you know, if it's like a new artist, like, you know, like, if you're trying to figure out, like, what's hot, like, just follow what drug is popping. <laughs> right, 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 right. But even, I mean, shit, like, if you look a few years ago, like, in the Lil John Nelly era, like, that was that long ago. Everybody was on Molly. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. X. Are we going to do top three? It was top three drugs. Oh, <laughs> We're not going to do that. <laughs> Guys, just stick to smoking Let's weed. Let's see. Um, smoke weed and drinks rock. I'm going to have to assume. You really about to do top three drugs? Top, top three drugs. Top three rapper drugs. I mean, here's the thing: like, weed is popping. Weed, weed, weed isn't a drug. It's not a drug. So we don't say that. Alleviate your mind, Craig. Yeah, it's not a drug. Man, we're not gonna put that stigma on weed. So it's, it's a herb. Definitely ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hear ecstasy is great. <laughs> yeah. Like you just want to just hug people all day or something. That's definitely a rapper drug. Um, <laughs> I'm fully sober, so I can't join in. <laughs> lean, definitely, because lean been around. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like the South and all. Yeah, and then I feel like I don't know. I feel like everybody's on coke. Are we, are we talking about like what's popular, like top three popular? Rapper well, Zans are definitely like the yeah. top three right now. Right now, though, but of all times. Oh, all times. Yeah, I don't know. People sleeping on alcohol, man. <laughs> people. Sleeping Anyways, on, what, what else is going on? Sleeping on it. We talk about these drug addicts that we create more on this show. I know, right? <laughs> don't do drugs. Yeah, man, drugs are bad. Um, ooh, new music that's dropped. Nope. Before we do that, no wait. Let's talk about. <laughs> we it. gotta introduce okay. the guest because okay. like the nigga is music. I know, but all right, all right. So we got a special guest in the building, man. Okay, very special guest. We've been waiting on this guy to come through. We said like Drew come through on like six shows already because your name keeps getting brought up. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> but we got Mr. Andrew Grant in the building. Hey. Thank you guys for having me, man. No doubt, bro. That's no, really fun. I've been wanting to come by, man. So I'm glad we could probably work it out because, you know, all y'all are my people. Talking to like, Mike. I've been wanting to come by. Talking to Mike, bro. No doubt, man. So uh, for the people who don't know, who are you and what do you do? My name's Andrew Grant. Um, I grew up here in uh, Denver, Colorado. Moved out to LA. Now I work at Warner Music Group. Um, so, you know, help out with Atlantic Records and Warner Brother Records, you know, so I work on, you know, both labels and across their rosters. Okay. What exactly do you do on those labels? So I do A&R, so I'm in charge of a few uh, different projects as far as like, you know, you know, finding songs, putting the songs together and, um, you know, just like working with the artists on their, um, on their album and their songs and everything. Okay. Dope, dope, dope. So like if I'm an artist and I'm just trying to get discovered i really need that guy to find me you know how they be like somebody just needs to hear this are you the guy that needs to hear this uh careful how you answer that because everybody's about to hit you up after this episode i don't want to say yes because like like i'm not like saying it in that type of way but i guess yeah 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 let's cut into the meat and potatoes so recently um this <laughs> i'm just saying let's like, i'm just saying low let's go let's get into it um we, we know that uh lil p passed away um, would you say? Close your laptop, bro. Oh, yeah, we have real life and stuff. They know we got. Yeah, we're not professionals here. We looking for signals and shit. Like, well, not used to that one. Um, we know that. Um, we know that recently, hip hop artist Lil Pete passed away off of um, uh, allegedly overdosing. Um, I mean, do artists are they are they encouraged to keep up this? 
this lifestyle that could be reckless or detrimental to their health? Or are there people in their camps that can kind of, you know, deter that type of lifestyle? I think each artist is different. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, like when you're like when you're on the label, you know what I mean? You're not necessarily with the artist every single day. You know what I mean? That's more like the management's job. Right. You know, um, like when they're on tour, the manager, tour manager, you know, so I mean, like, you know, being an A and R, like I'm not around my artists every single day. Right. So, but I mean, like you see, you know, you do see what artists have a good team that you know, like this, you know, this isn't happening to, you know. So I mean, it's, I think you know, like some artists have you know a team of people that are you know could be just as reckless as them, or you know what I mean, like, you know, they're they're also in a compromised position where, you know, like they work for the artists. You know right. what I mean? So it's like how like how can you tell them no without you know what I mean compromising your position? Right. Right. Do you run into a lot of artists like that where it's like. Y'all work for me, or is it usually the opposite? No, I, I mean for me, like the artists that I work with aren't like really you know like wild like that. You know, like there's a f- you know, I mean like everyone you know like you know does their thing or whatever. But like I haven't like had to like really experience like having to keep an artist off right. of drugs or you know like how to like give them advice on that. You know, like I haven't you know ran into that. Right. Knock on wood. <laughs> so speaking of, what artists do you work with closely? Right now, um, in flex, don't don't be humble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like the main projects that I work on right now, um, like I do Flow Rider, um, you know, he's like one of my main projects, David Guetta. Crazy numbers. Hey man, we're trying to keep going. <laughs> um, and then I help out with Jason Derulo a little bit. But for me, I think the, the thing that, you know, like, um, I'm like really diving into every, like on a day to day is a uh, bad baby. Mm. Uh, you know, if anyone doesn't know. Catch me outside, girl. Yeah. How about that? So how about that? <laughs> how the hell did you link up with bad baby? It's funny. I mean. Like so, I didn't. I didn't actually sign her. My supervisor signed her. No. But you know, like I'm running the project, like on the creative level. You know what I mean? So he, you know, he brought her in. Like every, you know, everything that I do, you know, he has to approve it. Right. But as far as like the creative stuff, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, day to day hands on with that. So how, you know, how how it happened was, um, like if you look at her, you know, even before music, like she is a rapper. You know what I mean? Like yeah. her attitude, what she says, how she talks, how she dresses, like like that's like her, you know, it is a rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you know her managers at the time, you know, like heard her doing music. Like, oh, like this is crazy. Like, you know, she can actually really rap. And then her manager um, actually knew my supervisor from Miami. Right. So, you know, because they're all from Florida. Right. And so, you know, like we took a meeting with her and then, you know, like we heard, you know, some of the stuff she was rapping. And then we heard her in the studio. It was just like, it was undeniable. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, it's something like the thing like I'm most excited about. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that, um, because that. I think that, like, especially being, like, a white girl rapper, there's probably going to be some resistance from the hip-hop community. Are you guys seeing that resistance at all? Um, like, it's weird. Like, we're either like we're either seeing it all the way or we're not seeing it, and people are fully, like, accepting of it. You know what I mean? Cause right. Because when she dropped that, uh, what was that, that These Hoes record? Yeah. It did crazy numbers. Yeah. And, like, you didn't want to like it. <laughs> but I was like, this shit's kind of... She was kind of bopping. <laughs> it was bopping. Like, <laughs> you know, like... But it was so funny because like like when I heard that song, like I was telling people like when like when people found out that like we had signed her, or like you know like when we were working with her, like, you guys are crazy, you know what I mean? Like like is this really gonna work? I'm like yeah, like I promise you, like it's gonna like it's gonna go. Yeah. And so you know it's like now like now like whether people accept it or not, like she is part of the culture now. You know what I mean? Like right. like and, and the thing is like I tell people to you know if, if you're gonna be a real star, people either have to love you all the way or hate you all the way. If you're in the middle, mm-hmm. you know like like. Things that are in the middle get overlooked. That's true. If someone really hates you, at least they know who you are. If someone loves you, they know who you are. That's true, because, like, people hate, uh, what's her face, Tommy Lauren? Yeah. People hate her, but that's what has made her popular, is that someone has a polarized opinion. Either they they, they love her or they hate her. 
I know this is a compromising question since you're working with her and this is a new situation. <laughs> but longevity-wise, it's a great look right now. But how long? <laughs> but I mean, like, do you people, feel like she has the potential to pump out music I, after music. But do labels really look at longevity, or do they look at you know it's at the end of the day, right? this is this is what's hot right now. We can make this hot. We can make this artist hot right now. After that, they're gonna have to decide what they want to do with their career. You know, in, for the next five to ten years. What do you think, brother? <laughs> I think with her, I mean, I like. I feel like if you have a team behind you, because like this is the thing, like, like most people that come out that are like you know like one hit wonders. Or, you know what I mean, like, they come out as, like, a gimmick. Like, if if they do try, like, a second song, you usually don't hear about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, with her, like, she has the full support of us, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. like, like as long as you, like, 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 I think, as long as the records are hot, you know what I mean? As long as the records keep coming, and, yeah. you know, she has the platform... You know, like, you know like, there's not that many people that have a platform as big as hers. Right. So you know, it's like it's like a different thing. You know, when you're speaking about someone who has you know 12 million followers, as right. opposed to like somebody who just came out of nowhere who had nothing. Because like she and like now, you know, she has like a cult fan base. You know, like I've yep. gone to like the mall with her. I've gone to Six Flags with her, where like 30 kids came up to her at Six Flags and like, hey, I saw you on Snapchat, and I made How my mom that? drive me here. <laughs> like all the all the rebellious kids. Yeah, right. like like she is the voice for like the rebellious kids. Damn, that's crazy. But I guess they need a voice too, little bad motherfucker. But yeah, but this, this is the thing, though. You know what I mean? Like 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 what she says and what she does. Like when when you're a 14 year old kid, is she doing anything different than what any other 14 year old is doing? I mean, yeah. well, I mean, I got hella kids. So, I mean. I'm gonna whoop y'all ass, but y'all gonna make if y'all gonna make a situation out of being bad. Then go ahead and get your bag. I can't knock that, but just don't do it to me. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. You, you mentioned some of the other artists you work with, as far as like Flo Rider, um, Jason Derulo. Um, people say I look like him, so I gotta say fuck Jason Derulo. Yo, I just gotta yo, say that. that you say it. I just gotta say it. I just gotta say that because now that you say yeah, it, you do look like uh, Graffiti Derulo. Yeah, that's not cool. Um, but <laughs> what's the difference between working? With those type crossover artists versus just like strict rapper hip hop type artists, with them like they're a little more established, you know what I mean. So it's kind of more of like we have to like take into consideration, you know, like what they want to do mixed with what we want to do, right. and then like with like you know like with like Bad Baby, you know what I mean. Like it's the same thing. Like like I would never want an artist I work with to put out a song that they don't believe in or that yeah. they don't like, you know, because they have to be the ones to like perform it. You know, like they have to believe in it too. So. I think it's just like when you're working with like, like a you know Jason Derulo, Flow with Geta, like they kind of know like what their taste is and what they want to do. So then we kind of like work based around like what we know that they're gonna want, or like what they're right. gonna like. Okay. And then like you know like with her, it's more so like us just like fleshing out you know like ideas, finding out like which one's gonna work. You know what I mean? It's like right. one's like a little bit more of like you have an understanding. The other one is more of like trial and error. Right, 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 right. So since uh, Cardi B assigned to Atlantic, how did the label respond when uh, Bodak Yellow went number one? I mean, people were going crazy, but it's it's so crazy because like when I first heard it, and, like at first like started doing good. That's like when Despacito was number one, mm-hmm. and like even before it hit top twenty, I was telling people I was like, look, like like when there's a record as big as Despacito, like it can mess up the charts for everything. You know what I mean? It's like it stops like a lot of songs from climbing. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? If it wasn't for Despacito, uh, Bodak Yellow would go number one, and this is like like long before it got even close to it. Right. And then once it like once it started falling. I was like, yo, like it's like it's going top five. Then it went top five. I was like, no, it's going number one. I promise you. And then lo and behold, it went number one. <laughs> Shout out to Cardi B. Yeah, Shout out Cardi B. Has, so has anyone reached out to um, to Bob 
especially when he started making all these comments <laughs> about the earth being flat. Like this, the, the, the label, like, did the label text him like, "Hey, you I would hope to, not. Hey, you need man. to relax, bro. You you saying some <laughs> you saying some wild shit that's really been already proven by science and." Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what anyone said. Like, I would hope not, man. Let that man live. Like no one, no one shot him a text. Like, hey, man. We get all Bob's hat. We can't. We can't get behind this one, man. We some interesting shit. We, I was up at like two a.m. the other night just watching Bob conspiracy theories. Like, you know what? I mean, this nigga might be right. I mean, cons- conspiracy theories is one thing, but like actual fact is like that's another. How, how about this, man? So, <laughs> what's the process? So, all right, we got. David Gutter, he comes in the building, okay. and he needs a specific. Or I won't even say David Gutter. Let's let's. What's one of the closest hip hop artists you work with? Let's take it to the hip hop side. I mean, the closest hip hop artist I work with is Bad Baby, or just in general, just Flow Rider. Okay, so Flow Rider, Flow Rider's like, yo, I'm not saying he got writers, I don't know, but he needs a hit record right now. How does that process work on the back end? Like, is it just like a creative group of? Writers and producers coming together to bang out this hit for Flow Rider, or how does that look? So I mean, like with Flow, like so for me, like like in Atlantic, like the way like Atlantic works, like as far as like A and R, they're like it's definitely like I, I feel like the most creative label. You know what I mean? Because like they hire people that come from creative backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So you know, like you have people there that like know how to put together records. Whether that's right. like you know, like I could find this writer, this producer, put them in the studio, or you know, if it's just like people that have relationships with songwriters and like they hear songs like, oh, like this could be dope for him, and they get it to him. Right. So like a lot of labels, you know, like like every label has their strong point, you know, because like there's some labels where you know, like the artist, you know, does what you know, like they do what they do, and then they turn it into the label. The label listens to it, like all right, cool, this is good. Right. Like Atlantic is like more hands on. So like with Flow or Derulo, for instance, it could be anything. It could be like. You know, like, we have a writing session in the studio, and, like, writers, you know, come up with a song. We go, oh, that's fire for Derulo. You know, like, I'm going to pass it right. on to Derulo. Or it could be something where, like, Derulo sends us a record, like, yo, like, I just cut this. Like, what do you guys think about this? You know what I mean? And then, you know, like, we, we could rock with that. Because right. every artist that we're with, like, at the end of the day, you know, like, if, if, you're, um, if you're an artist, your job is to find a hit song, whether you write it or whether it comes from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like most of our artists have an understanding of that. You know what I mean? It's like they're open to, like, having outside songs as right. well as, you know, like, writing their own. Right, right, right. So I think a little bit as, as far as your own history. So how were you able to get in at, with uh, Warner Brothers and with Atlantic Records? Because, I mean, a, a little bit of backstory. I mean, we, we definitely know you just from growing up in Denver and you're, and you're, and you're from here as well. So how, did, how were you able to get your foot in the door and, and, and leverage that and become ses- uh, successful in the music industry? I think for me, I mean, it was definitely like a long road of like different things. But so, I mean, when I first started doing music, I wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But then <laughs> I was also realistic with myself on like knowing that, you know, like there's a chance that rap might not work out for me. So I wanted to find other ways to try to make money in the music industry. So then I wanted to go to, um, you know, audio recording school. Right. So I was like, when I wanted to rap, I was working at side three studios down here in Denver. Yeah. You know, I reached out to ask if I could do an internship just so I could kind of, you know, have like a little bit of knowledge and like be a little bit ahead of like what was going on there when I started. Right. So I started off there, um, side three ended up hiring me after my internship, and I just became an engineer there. So then after that, you know, I just, you know, I engineered for years, um, and then, you know, I worked with um, DJ Frankie for a little bit, you know, who ended up, you know, getting published, you know, out in L.A. by APG. Yeah. Um, so then, I, you know, I worked with him in L.A. for about a year, and then I made, you know, a lot of connections with that. So, I mean, like, my start was definitely engineering. Then I worked for another big producer, 
uh, this guy named Brian Kennedy who did like uh, Disturbia for Rihanna, whoever for Chris Brown. So I was his engineer for about three or four years. But then like during that time, just like I got tired of being in the studio and I was just like, you know what, like I have to find something else to do because like like being in the studio for like sixteen hours a day is just like wearing on me and I'm just not having fun anymore. Yeah. But like I'd met so many people during that time of like engineering and stuff that like I would hear people talk about like, oh like I want to get in touch with this person. I wish I knew that person. And like I would know them, so like I'd start connecting people. And then, you know, somebody um, actually it was Win, uh Win from Team Green. Yeah, was like, bro, like you should have management, man. You know, like you could connect people through management, you should do that. And I was like, wow, I never even thought about that. Yeah. So then um, I found a couple of producers and writers that I managed. Um, I got them, you know, publishing deals. So then I was like, okay, like I could actually make some money doing this. And it's like, you know, it's, it's better than being in the studio. Right. So then one of the writers that I was working with at the time was this kid named Drew Love, um, who's in the group They. Yeah. Um, we were doing a lot of work at Atlantic. And, you know, he had gotten like three or four placements on this kid, Giovanni, that was signed to Atlantic. Or they're still on Atlantic now. Um, and we were just doing a lot of sessions over there. And then so one of my friends used to work for um, used to work for Atlantic, and uh, he knew about the position opening up. They had reached out to him, like, asking if they knew of anybody that wanted, you know, A&R positions. And he told me to, like, reach out. So then I reached out, and, like, we'd already, we, um, we already knew each other because of, like, you know, Drew Love. So right. it was just, like, an easy transition and, like, an easy fit. Networking is everything. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Yeah, so you just networked your ass off. Facts. And I mean I mean a lot of it's just like being in the right place at the right time and you know what I mean? Like timing timing really is everything with this. Yeah. Do you feel like it's kinda of obvious question, but do you feel like making that move from Denver to LA is what really helped you? I you think know? I think for what I wanted to do, yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like I mean it's it's so weird because like like there's a lot of times like I feel like you have to be in LA, you know, to like but then, you know, like, there's artists that get discovered from, like, different cities all the time. You know what I mean? So I, that's why I'm saying, like, I feel like it's, like, timing. I feel like it's your approach on things. Yeah. But I will say that, like, you know, like, the network is definitely in L.A. You know what I mean? Like, that's where the industry is. Right. And, you know, so I think, and I, like, I try to come back to Denver a lot because, like, there's a lot of times, like, I see and hear, like, artists in Denver, like, what they're spending their money on, how they're investing their money. And I'm just like, yo, like, like you're, you're investing it in the wrong place. Like, that's not how you should be moving. Yeah. Ooh, let's talk about it. So what? So what have you seen that um, independent artists in Denver are investing their money on that they should kind of reallocate those those funds? I think like there's a situation where I heard somebody spent like ten grand on a music video. Wow. You know, and like this foolishness. Was, yes, I got the iPhone X. Hit me with that ten racks. I got you. tripping. So, so it was like it was like they spent ten like ten grand on a music video. Like they didn't have like a really big following. You know what I mean? It wasn't a decent. You know, like it wasn't a huge following. Like not enough to you know spend ten grand on a video. Right. And so like that's also back at the time where videos were starting to get cheaper. You know what I mean? You could definitely you know you could have definitely got a cheap video for like two grand. Or something. Yeah. So like for me like. You know, like when I hear that, I'm just like, you know, like, like, what's the point of spending ten thousand dollars on a music video that only a couple hundred people are gonna see? Right. You know what I mean? So it's like to me, you know, I, I feel like these days, like, you know, like marketing, digital marketing, mm-hmm. like that is, you know, what I mean? Like, if if you're not signed, to me, that's the best area where you could spend your money. Right. You know what I mean? Like making sure that you can build that platform. You know, instead of spending ten grand on a video that no one's gonna see. You know, take five grand, you know, for two months and hire, you know, like a digital marketing company and help, you know, like get your stuff out there more. Like to me, that's, you know, the better approach. Right. Um, being from Denver, and I'll say Denver specifically because we got listeners in Bangladesh and shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> the scene out here is growing like at a rapid rate right now. Um, do you feel obligated to kind of reach back to Denver at times? I feel. I don't know if it's, like, an obligation, but, like, I obviously want to. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to do it, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like, 
I know who's talented, you know what I mean? And, like, so, like, I, like I'll reach out to the people who are talented, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and, like, I can't, like, everything can't be a layup for everybody, you know right. what I mean? But, like, if there's somebody talented, for sure, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, like, um, like, Rick Jules or Ryan Allen, you know what I mean? Like, I work Just with him a lot, you know what I mean? Like, I talk to Trev Rich, you know, like, on, you know, like, a, you know, weekly, bi-weekly basis, we talk all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, I obviously want to, but then, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I feel like other people understand as well, you know what I mean? Like, I can't bring everything on. Right, right, right. right. And, I, and I think that people who are, I think artists who are becoming more seasoned in the game or or at least are taking a look at um, how the industry works, they're more understanding of it. But for those who don't really see the, the inner workings of it, what are some of, like, the, the misconceptions about, about the music industry? Because they, they would probably think that, okay, in A&R, if I get in my music, then he can get me signed. But that's not really how it works, right? It's hard. I mean, like, these days, um, it's different. I mean, for me, like, for me, it always starts with the music for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but, like, there are, like, situations where, like, you know, like, a label or an A&R wants you to have a hit song already. Or you have to have a song that's popping already. But for me, like, my outlook on it is if, if you have a song that's a hit already and it's, like, blowing up online... Like not only am I after it, but the, I know everyone else in the industry is already after it. Yep. So I like so for me, it's still really based off of like pure talent. Like that's how I try to look at it. You know what I mean? Like obviously, I'm gonna come across stuff that's like already popping and go after it. Mm-hmm. But like for me, like it starts with you know it starts with the music first. Yeah. Okay. Are there any artists on your radar right now that you comfortable with speaking on that you kind of <laughs> got in your sights? <laughs> take that laugh as a no. <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm, I'm really trying to think. It's like I never even actually thought about that. Yeah, I mean, because I feel like we're right now we're in a stage in an era where we get flooded with so much music. Like we're kind of spoiled because yeah. somebody could just drop an album right now on their phone, just right yeah. now, and it's just out there. It's like, how do you even track and keep up with what's new? How do you personally? Um, I mean, for me, like, like I still. For me, like, it's like when I'm in, you know, like when I'm out in LA and I'm working or whatever, like a lot of like the best music that I get comes from word of mouth for recommendations. Mm-hmm. So like when people tell me to like look at something, like I always look at it. Like if people email me, I always listen because you never know, like that could be a hit. Right. So I don't like for me, like being out and being around people, you know, tends to be the best result. Like obviously, you know, like we have interns that, you know what I mean, that help us out. Um, you know, we have a, you know, a research department, you know what I mean? So just like doing research, like I actually like, you know, like if I don't have anything going on, like I'll get on SoundCloud and like I'll just click page after page after page after page and like I'll just keep diving and diving until I find somebody. Right. And I found a few people that way, you know what I mean, that turned out to be like really, really dope. So mm. I think a lot of it's just my mood, honestly, you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. like whatever mood I'm in is going to determine like how I'm like looking for something. Right. <laughs> Are there any artists that have gotten signed that you wish you could have signed? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely artists that have gotten signed that, like, I was working on signing. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> you want to say who? <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right, all right. We'll, say no more. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep it moving. All right, so personal question. What up? So I got this friend, right? And he has interest in being an A&R. You know, because he got the connections and the ear for music and he knows lots of talent. And they flood his inbox with music every fucking day. Um, <laughs> but he listens to the music and some of it is really good. And he can point those people into the right direction. How does that work when, like, I don't know, I want to say A&R has an A&R. But, like, when there's somebody in that network that can funnel you talent, how does that situation work? I mean, like, we're always, like, looking to, like, bring on new talent and new A&Rs. And, like, obviously, like, if I know that there's somebody that's out there that's, like, finding new stuff, like, obviously, like, I want them on my team. You know what I mean? Like, I want, 
you know, like if you're finding stuff before me, you're finding stuff that's like blowing up before me. You're like, like I wouldn't want you to go to like another company, right. and you know, like I'd want to like utilize you as an asset for sure. You know what I mean? So I think it's just like, but, but again, I feel like you have to, you have to have that network of people. You know what I mean? Like right. you could be really, really good at it, but if like no one in the industry knows that you're good at it, then right. it's kind of hard. You know what I mean? Right. And that's like that's like another thing too. Like like there's been times like I've come you know back to Colorado. And like I'll ask like engineers like you know like a lot of stuff that I find like comes from engineers too because yeah. like engineers are around everybody they know what's going on because they're in the studio with these people for hours right so like you know like a lot of times I get recommendations from engineers I'm like okay that's dope but you know like I'll hear people you know like I'll ask you know like is this person dope and they're like oh well, you know like they're good for Colorado mm. and I'm like like I don't know what that means because like you know like like you shouldn't want to just be dope for Colorado because right, like right. if like if you want to do music. And, like, you know, you really want to blow up. Like, you have to think bigger than Colorado. Because, like, once you go to L.A., like, you're not just competing, you know, with with Trev Rich or Priest. You know what I mean? You're not competing with that. Like, you're competing with The Weeknd. You're competing with Drake. Right. So you can't just be good for Colorado. You have right. to be good. You have to be great for everything. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that's, like, you know, like, one, you know, like, something that people, like, you know, need to think about. It's, like, not just, like, getting by to be dope in Colorado, but, like, to, like, really be a star for the world. Right. That's real. Man, when I get home, I'm gonna look in the mirror and tell my friend that information. <laughs> <laughs> That's real though. That's that, info along to me for real. Like, yeah, no, most no, I love you. I definitely love to meet up with him for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, I'm just, man, I'm just, I'm just going through this different list of of artists that's on here. So you apply, so you have P and B Rock. So what would be kind of your um, your uh, advice for new artists who who want to get recognized by someone like yourself or by A and R's and labels? Um, for me, I try to look for stuff that's different, but also, like, not so far left that it's unfamiliar. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like being in your own lane, but still, like, easy to listen to. Right. So, like, that's, like, you know, that's really what I look for. Like, a fan base, you know, can come or go, but, like, it has to be easy and familiar for me to listen to, but then also, like, I can tell you're not trying to be, you know what I mean? Like, you're not trying to be, like, low pump. You're not trying to be, like, anybody else. You're, like, you're actually being yourself. Right. And as far as new artists or just new music or anything that's popping out right, or popping right now, what are some things that you've been listening to or paying attention to record-wise? I mean, I love Lil Pump. I love Cardi B. Okay. I'm going, you know, definitely, you know, rocking with that. Love Baca. You know, yeah. Baca's fire. We just yeah, talked about him Baca's earlier. Baca's fire. Yeah. Um, Yo, listen, DJs, play that Baca Not Nice. Baca Not Nice. Live Up To My Name. And um, what's the other single? Money In The Bank. Mm. Fire. Fire. Where do you think the sound is going right now? It's interesting because you got like the little pumps and all that, but then on the flip, you still got like side and Big Crit, and they're like dropping fire. And yeah, people are still paying attention to that. So I feel like it's so hard these days to like call where music's going or what's going to be a hit because, like three years ago, if you know you were going to say that Bad and Bougie was going to be a number one song, people would have laughed at you. Nobody would have believed you. It was right. that uh, that Donald Glover push that really did it. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like even though I even though I feel like Bad and Bougie was. Should have been number one in my own opinion. You know, I love Bad and Bougie. I'm yeah, not saying, yeah, like, right. I love it. I'm just saying. helped Amigo. Yeah, like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, man, it's interesting because before it was like, okay, we got to sound like this. Yeah. And it really got cookie cutter. Yeah. I want to say kind of just in that Drake phase where everybody was like, we got to make Drake type sounds. And now it's just so all over the place. It's, it's actually pretty dope. Yeah, I like it. And, like, I like the fact that you can't call it. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. like if you go back, like, 2011, 2012, like, that era, you know, like, as far as like pop music went, you know, like everything that like Katy Perry was doing, Kesha was doing, like that was like it was like undeniably like oh that's gonna work, that's gonna work. Yeah. Then you know what I mean. Um, and then you know music switched, you know, completely, and like now urban music is pop music. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like um, 
Cardi B, you know, Bodak Yellow went number one. Bad and Bougie went number one. Black Beatles went number one. Yeah. These are records that, like, when Katy Perry was huge, you know, at her peak, right. would have never gone number one. Right. So, like, I don't I feel like you can't call it because, you know, Bodak Yellow goes number one, but then, you know, Ed Sheeran can end up going number one, or mm-hmm. Bruno still goes number one. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, you still have the big pop records that work, yeah. but it's just, like, now it's, like, all mixed up. Which right. like I like I th- I think it like adds like diversity most definitely and, like it, it makes people have to be more creative most definitely so this is a question that we asked on Facebook and it got weird <laughs> I'm gonna ask you though your opinion who's the biggest artist overall in the world right now oh man the biggest artist in the world right now man it would have to be I want to know who you guys think first I need to think about this yeah, I say overall because you wait, got a factory wait biggest artist in the world in the world popularity mm-hmm. record sales mm-hmm. notoriety influence I mean I, all of that I like, saw this video of Migos in Africa and like they knew like all the words to bad and bougie but you gotta think too you gotta factor in longevity longevity like uh, Michael's out of here maybe Prince like, is out of here I wanna say Beyonce really bad mm-hmm. I really do I love is it is it Bruno? I kind of feel like it's Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. I think I think Taylor Swift is definitely up there. I think her numbers alone is just like stupid. Bruno. I think I think Bruno's up there. Bruno's, Bruno's got like crazy there. numbers. I didn't even know his net worth was like a, it's like 110 million. <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't even been in the game that long. Shout out to Beyonce because she just passed up. She's like the the most. She just just recently was crowned the richest female entertainer. So that's dope. Yep. But that's money we're talking about. I'm like worldwide iconic impact. impact right now. Man, I'm like really sitting here. Like obviously <laughs> nobody's ever gonna be Michael. Right. But if we had to put that one Stevie person. Wonder? Oh Stevie's still here. Stevie's still but here. But right now though, like who But I don't know. Like, oh, hold up. You know you know what? I think it might be Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber? Still? Yeah. He just came off of a run where everything he did went number one, top five, top that's ten, true. like yeah. this past year. Yeah. And like I look at like I look at everything like from sales yeah, yeah. to touring to influence to social media. I, yeah. And he's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. A lot of people came in my head because it's like y'all just ain't gonna mention Chris Brown at all. But I don't know. I mean, everyone I mean, Chris goes on his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel any I feel bad for any artists that have dropped music since Chris Brown has released his album because <laughs> listen, forty five songs that's that's like shitting on everybody. I think that's just brilliant for streaming. And like that's another thing too. Streaming like definitely changed like the whole game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like there was a point in time where the music industry was like really, really struggling on making money. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like so streaming definitely helped. You know, like you know, like bring money back to the industry, which like you know, like I think is like really cool. Yeah. And then like another reason why now you know like urban is like pop music is because urban is the number one streamed music. Because you have to think like when like there's kids streaming. Yeah. Streaming, you know, urban music for the most part. Right. Yeah, I'm just looking at this list. Yeah, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars, Imagine Dragons, Selena Gomez, Pink, The Selena's Weeknd. Selena's huge, yeah. Weekend. And then the Dream. thing is, though, they all rely on an urban sound. Like, mm. let's talk about that real quick, because we're we, we going to wrap in a second, but I just want to put this out there. So why is it that artists aren't considered crossover until that artist does a song with Fuck it, white people. <laughs> Until white people like your music. You know what I mean? Because, like, you, you got Taylor Swift and she'll do a track with Kendrick Lamar. And now Kendrick Lamar is considered crossover. Where that song is more so hip hop elements, if anything, because they got the 808s and all that shit. And they're trying to appeal to the urban crowd. But Kendrick is the crossover artist. I feel like, you know what? I feel like for me, I think crossover is like 
how you you know how you look at it. To me, pop pop music isn't like a specific genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is like a genre called pop music, and there's that. But like, I think pop music is what's popular. Right. You know what I mean? So like Kendrick, he does cross over. You know, he is a popular artist. Like, I feel like this is like when I say like music is in such a weird space because. Like Migos, for instance, like they've just stayed true to what they do, yeah. and like people go out to them for features. Like Migos would have never gone out to anyone else for a feature, right? You know what I mean? So I feel like it's like one of those things of like, it's like people recognizing that like urban music right now is like the most streamed music. It is like really cool. So you know, like obviously pop people want to go out to like what's cool, right? So I think that's you know I think so that's I think we should start calling them the crossovers because if Katy Perry comes to Migos for a feature, you trying to cross over over here? That's real. That's real. And she's done that. You know what I mean? Like, she's hit up Snoop Dogg and, like, all these features that, like, the hip-hop fan is going to like when she doesn't have to do that. So. But it's I, I think, to things. me, I think crossover is, like, when you have a hit song. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, yeah. whatever like whatever situation that may be. Like, Migos having Bad and Bougie is a crossover record. You right. know, Black Beatles is a crossover record. Yeah. Anything, you know, anything that's, like, a hit song is, you know, crossover. You know, like, no matter how, how it's brought to you. It's well put. Well put. Cool, 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 man. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Appreciate you for coming, but nah, man, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Like, I've been man. wanting to get down here. Yeah, we've been wanting you here, bro. But I got a question for you. What so up? Any piece of knowledge, love, advice, anything you would leave with the world? Who would that be? Um, I mean, to me, if you want something bad enough, and like you know, you really like want something, just like keep working towards it, keep working hard at it. I feel like a lot of people quit. And, like, you know, like, there's a theory that, you know, when people quit something that they love, you know, like, they were only, like, 10%. There was only, like, 10% left of getting there. Mm-hmm. So people put in all this, you know, work. They put in 90%, and then they quit at the last 10 because, like, they don't see it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So for me, I would say just keep going. And I think, like, for me personally, that that mentality definitely, like, worked for me and helped me. So that's what I would say. Cool, cool. And as far as social media, how can people follow you, catch up with you? Um, Send you the uh, SoundCloud links. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram is uh, at you got Grant, and then obviously my email. If people want to send music, uh, Andrew Grant at WMGRecording.com. Those are honestly the two best ways to get in touch with me. Like I'm on my email all day, every day, and I check Instagram like every thirty minutes. And right. then I would say, please go check out. I'm plugging my song. I'm sorry. Hey, okay. <laughs> hey, hey plug. Please plug check out um, all three singles that I'm a part of right now. Uh, David Guetta, Dirty Sexy Money with Charlie XCX, French Montana. Jason Derulo, Tiptoe, featuring French Montana, and then Flo Rider, Ola, featuring Maluma. Yeah. All three of those, I think, are going to be big, so please check them out and support. Word, and shouts to our guy, Wynn. Shouts to Wynn. Shouts to Wynn on the Ola track. Hey, man. Hey, hey. <laughs> we show love around here. Like a dope podcast, man. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me. That was dope, man. And I'm David. We out. <laughs> This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water. Vitamin water. Regular water. Vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water. 
vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso.